Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Mockery Manor is free and always will be, but it's not free to make. If you'd like to support the show, you can become our patron on Ko-fi. Go to ko-fi.com slash longcatmedia to chat with us, unlock bonus episodes, music albums, exclusive merch, and more. That's ko-fi.com slash longcatmedia. Thank you. Previously on Mockery Manor, Anna Lou reveals that she and Bobby argued the night of Clay's murder. For reasons unknown, JJ visits the widow of Graham, her murdered lover, and Parker and Walter's exploration of the gardener's cottage ends in horror. And that's you all caught up. Y'all enjoy the episode now. Longcat Media presents Mockery Manor, Season 3, Episode 6, Dead of Night. Wash my hair. Sorry, my dear. It's in an awkward place. Almost done. One more strip and... Ow. There. That should keep the wound closed. Tomorrow we can get it properly looked at. I don't need to do that. It's just a cut. Rather deep one. It could do with a stitch or two. I wish you'd let me take you to the emergency room. For this? It might scar. It's fine. My fringe covers it. See? Really, it's fine, George. Thank you for helping me. I could hardly ignore you, could I? Stumbling through the park at midnight, blood all over your face. I almost had a heart attack. Sorry. Don't be. Glad I was here to help. Lucky for you, I work late. So, are you going to tell me what happened? I fell. You fell? Into a fist, perhaps? How did you know? I used to be a bouncer at a club a very long time ago. Were they wearing a ring, perchance? Yeah. I think it had a diamond jutting out and it just... Hmm. Ouch. Yes. I don't think they're meant to hurt me. Not much, anyway. I shouldn't have gone. But I couldn't leave it. I, I just had to know. Know what? Oh, never mind. You don't want to get dragged into my dramas. Oh, I love drama. You must know that about me by now. JJ, you can talk to me. You're more than just a work colleague. You're a friend. So come on. Who on earth are you getting into fistfights with? Oh no, look, I've got blood on the gurney. Changing the subject, are we? And it's on the wall too. Oh, gross. Do not fret, my dear. It's a first aid hut. Everything's wiped clean. I'll give it a scrub before I lock up. Look at the time. 
You go back to the manor and get yourself some rest. No, George, you go home. I'll stay and tidy up. But you're hurt. Honestly, I want to. Kind of wired. It'll help to do something. (sighs) You know what? I shan't argue. I am profoundly tired. What a horrific few days it's been. Yeah. I keep picturing it, you know. The fall. The impact. The psychic warned me something would happen that night. Psychic? Do you mean the park psychic? Yes, Madame Magenta. It was an extremely vague warning she gave me, not up to her usual standards, but it it was a warning nonetheless. If only I'd... I don't know. Cancelled the concert? Because of what some psychic said. She's very powerful, my dear. Don't underestimate her. I've been her client for a few years now, ever since she told my fortune on Great Yarmouth Pier. Her accuracy is nothing short of astonishing. Right. But regardless, Parker wouldn't have let you cancel the concert. So don't beat yourself up for not doing enough. No. No. If anything, I did far too much. After all, Clayton came here on my invitation. Because of me... He's dead. He meant a lot to you, didn't he? (laughs) I didn't even know the man. You built a theme park in his (laughs) honour. That I did. Years of my life devoted to an idea. A chimera. Is it any wonder it was such a crushing disappointment to finally meet him? Oh. Never meet your heroes, JJ. Sorry to hear that. Was Clayton rude to you? Not to my face, but I overheard him. Talking to that horrible manager of his. The two of them laughing at tacky Claytonville and how obsessive I must be. This place could only be the work of a diseased imagination. He said that? Wow. Ouch. I don't think you're diseased. And regardless of how tacky my theme park is, sorry, our theme park, Clayton's untimely demise has certainly brought the crowds in. (laughs) Did you notice how busy it was today? Uh, yeah. Something good came out of his visit then? Oh, which reminds me, there's a business idea I'd like to discuss with you and Parker. I want to turn the lake house into a Clayton Memorial Hotel. You know how fans flock to Graceland? Well, imagine that, but they pay to stay overnight. Eh? Uh, What do you think? I I don't know. A hotel? I mean, it's, well... uh... Ah, what am I thinking? It's late, you're covered in blood. This can wait. Whereas my Betty Buys cannot. Here. Keys to the first aid hut. Thanks. Make sure everything's locked tight when you leave, my dear. Of course. Although I fear there's little point. Did you notice when we came in? Notice what? The door. Unlocked. And look over there. Look at the state of that cabinet. Oh, shit. That's the restricted substances cabinet. Someone's broken into it? Hmm. A drug seeker, no doubt. Is anything missing? Maybe. We'll have to do an inventory when we get the charts. <sighs> Betty buys for Georgie Bears. Night, night, JJ. See you at work tomorrow. Top tunes and murder. It's just gone 1am, which means it's time for Paul's Late Night Crime Call-In. We want to hear from you, our wonderful listeners, about crimes, big or small, that you've been involved in. Our first caller is Mandy from Shropshire. Mandy has spent the day on a float at a summer fete. Hello, Mandy. Tell us, what's the crime? (laughs) 
Hello, Paul. So, uh, um, yes, uh, I, I was on a float sponsored by the local greyhound rescue. It was me and another volunteer and 17 greyhounds. Mm, tell us more, but make it snappy. Well, it, it was very funny, you see, because there was another float nearby with children dressed as rabbits, you see, and it was all <coughs> funny. Not because... hearing a crime, Mandy. And what do I say? If you don't have a crime, you're wasting my time. Oh, uh, a crime? Oh, uh, maybe... Look at me sideways and turning this shit off. Excuse my French. Hmm? I wasn't even listening, thinking about the case. Seems like literally everyone has something to hide. Oh, do you have any snacks left? Space Raiders, salt and vinegar discos, fisherman's friends. Oh, gross. Give me the discos. How long do we wait for Rick to show up? Where is he? I thought you were accustomed to this sort of thing. All-night stakeouts, weeing in bottles. I don't want to wee in a bottle in someone else's car. I'd rather you didn't either. The pubs are shut. Rick should be home by now. <gasps> what if he's already in, but he can't answer the door? What if something's happened to him? Nah. No, Fennec, think about it. Rick was guarding the mine train entrance, so he must have seen the hooded person from the CCTV. And what if the hooded person saw that he saw them and got rid of him? By which I mean... Murder. Nah, he's probably round a girlfriend's house. Or on a bender. He'll resurface soon enough. All right, let's knock this on the head. We'll come back tomorrow. Yeah, got some tapes in the glove compartment. Pick one. Oh, okay. Ugh, old man rock and roll. What do you expect? I'm an old man. Got any Foucault's pendulum? Do I look like the sort of moribund twat who would have any Foucault's pendulum? No, you look like a different sort of moribund twat. What's this? Clayton's greatest hits. Oh, more business than pleasure, but hey-ho. Do we have to? It's your tape. I've been meaning to go through Clayton's oeuvre. Let's see. First song, Cactus Lovers. 1952, Clayton's duet with his first wife, country singer Tammy Jewell. Very acrimonious divorce the following year. Acrimonious? Ooh. Is Tammy still alive? Yeah, 96 years old. Well, they do say revenge is a dish best served cold. Positively arctic if Tammy did it. Oh, Fennec, I wanted to tell you something. It's about the hoodie worn by the mysterious stranger who almost certainly murdered both Clayton and Rick, the security guard. Rick is fine. You don't know that. How would the murderer know where to find Rick, eh? Tell me that. Oh, maybe they already knew him. Maybe they recognised each other. And that's why Rick avoided you that night. Aha! Didn't think of that, did you? Mm. I'll get the rest of the security lads to look for him tomorrow. But I'm, I'm sure he's fine. Anyway, what's this about a hoodie? It's a Claytonville hoodie. You can see the logo on the back. I know. You do? I reviewed the CCTV footage the night of the fall. The same night? Didn't get a wink of sleep that night. All since. I can tell. You look awful. Thanks. So tell me, did you notice the Stars and Stripes design on the arms of the hoodie? Yeah. Well, they don't sell anything like that in any of the shops in the park. So where did it come from? Huh. Must be a rejected sample. You know, management gets a few different designs made and then they choose which ones they like. That's what I thought too. Only staff would have access to something like that. Huh. Good work, Armstrong. You should review the CCTV again, see if there's anything else we missed. Well, it wasn't actually me who missed it, was it? I'll tell you what, this gal has got one hell of a prickly pear. One hell of a prickly pear? This song is absolute filth. <laughs> yep. This is Jen's favourite. Jen? My ex-wife. Big Clayton fan. All oh, right. 
And you too? Oh, yeah. She got me into it. <laughs> First date, she dragged me along to a line dancing class. <laughs> Our first Christmas, she bought me cowboy boots and a polo tie. We even got married on a cattle ranch. Aww. Well, dairy farm in Suffolk. Closest we could get. Oh, that's nice. Who dumped who? Bloody hell. What kind of a question is that? I'm just curious. You don't have to answer it if you don't want to. Yes, I know I don't have to answer it. She dumped you, didn't she? Jesus! Oh, come on, you're a detective. They make famously bad husbands. Except for Columbo, of course. And me. I was a very good husband. When it was available. So she did dump you? No, I dumped her because she cheated on me with the line dancing instructor. No, really? Oh, that's awful. Oh, I shouldn't have said anything. I'm so sorry. Don't be. I don't care. It was a long time ago. We're friends now. I even went to their wedding. Blimey. No, no, good for you. Says a lot about your character, Fennec. So she married the line dancing instructor? Yup. Oh my god. Not the same line dancing instructor from your first date? Yes, the same one from our first date. Oh my god! Oh, so the affair had been going on for- Our whole relationship, yes. In tandem. Oh, wow. Yep. Oh. I got cheated on too, you know. Oh yeah. My son's father, Raymond. He cheated on me while I was pregnant. Shit. With 23 other people. 23? I mean, I should have known, really. He was a guru, self-proclaimed. Me and the other 23 people were his acolytes. Ugh. You were in a cult? Yes, a sex cult, apparently. Not that I realized when I first joined. I was looking for something profound, something meaningful. And then before I knew it, there I was, rolling around on a yoga mat with a trust fund hippie with blonde dreadlocks. He wasn't even my type. At all. But I wasn't me back then. I lost myself for a while there. Didn't talk much, I barely ate. I didn't listen to music I liked. I wore a bindi, for God's sake. <laughs> I was all leather jackets and motorbikes when I first met Jen. Really? I can imagine that. You have something of meatloaf about you. Do you think? Thank you very much. You're welcome. Turn it up, Fennec. I'm starting to like it. Hey there, Kirstine. Bobby, you scared me. Sitting in the dark like a gremlin. What about you? Sneaking around in the dead of night? You ought to be careful, Kirstine. Might trip and break your neck. You wish. What are you doing up at this time anyway? I haven't slept much since my best friend died in horrific circumstances. How about you? Sleeping like a baby, I bet. I'm going to bed. I know what you were doing just now. I went for a walk. Sure. The horizontal sachet. With that native boy. What's he called again? Jacob. I knew I recognized that son of a bitch. So what if it is Jacob? What is it to you? What's well, to me? Well, call me old-fashioned, but I don't hold with cheetahs. Clay's dead, Bobby. Lucky for you. How dare you? 
None of this is any of your business anyway. You know, age might have robbed me of my knees, Kirstine. But my memory's good as gold. And I remember Jacob real well. He was sniffing around our business some ten years ago. Have you two been carrying on all this time? Is that why he's here? Can't be a coincidence. I'm going to bed. I sure do hope the National Enquirer doesn't find out about this. Now, why would you say something like that? Ooh, you! Can you imagine how Clay's fans would react? Especially with Jacob being native and all. What the hell difference does that make? Ooh, none at all. No doubt Clay's fans are all fair-minded folk. If the news of your betrayal were to leak to the papers, I'm sure, Jacob, or you, wouldn't come to no harm. Why are you threatening me? What do you want? Money? Been gambling again? If I were you, I would not be trying to upset me right now. Clay wouldn't thank you for this, Bobby. Clay was too soft. He needed someone like me to protect him. I told him all those years ago, don't you go marrying that harlot. But he did marry me, and we were happy. So why'd you cheat then? I wasn't... Clay and I, we had an understanding. Huh. He'd have told me if he did. No, he wouldn't. You were his manager. You weren't friends. He was my best friend. Bullshit. Clay only kept you on because he felt sorry for you. He told me. Shut your mouth. You used Clay his whole career, and you dare stand in judgment? Well, I wouldn't worry about my judgment, sweetheart. I'd worry about the world. <laughs> you tell the papers about me and Jacob, and I'll tell them about you. What about me? I know what you did, little Bobby. What you did to Clay. Oh, yeah? And what did I do? You took from him and took from him. And when the well ran dry, you stole his very essence. What's that supposed to mean? What I mean, Bobby, is... How? How did you find out? Someone told you. Who? Who told you? Wouldn't you like to know? <laughs> Don't matter no how. What are you gonna do? You can't prove nothing? Can't I? Good night, Bobby. You know what? You're right. Clay was too soft. I'd have gotten rid of you a long time ago. JJ, finally! About bloody time! Parker! Why are you in my room? I was waiting for you! Shh! Wait the whole manor! Where the bloody hell have you been? I was out, that's all. Why didn't you tell someone? I've been looking for you everywhere! Parker, what's wrong? Something happened? Is Betty okay? I don't know, Betty's fine. It's you who's in trouble. Big trouble! Me? Why? Why does this shit always happen to us? Here we are, once again, trapped in a flipping nightmare! Parker, you're freaking me out! Do you think you're freaked out? You want to talk freaky? Dead squirrel, JJ. And then when I couldn't find you, I didn't know what to think. A squirrel? 
Have you been hitting the mushrooms? No. no. I'm too tired for this. Can't it wait until tomorrow? No, it can't. JJ, listen to me. We were in the woods earlier, me and Walter. You're not and... taking mushrooms with Walter. No, I'm not taking mushrooms with Walter. I heard he and his mates were in the woods again. I went there to tell him to piss off. Anyway, it doesn't matter. What matters is I saw the things and, and Walter was like, Aah! and he said he was going to go straight to the police. And I, I was like, please don't, but I couldn't stop him. Walter's gone to the police. <sighs> they haven't showed up yet. Maybe they didn't take him seriously. Oh, I can't believe he went to the police. Bloody water. So you know about this then? We had an arrangement. Arrangement? Oh, yeah, sorry, I didn't tell you. I said I wouldn't stop Walter camping in the woods if he didn't tell the police about Dennis. Who the hell is Dennis? What do you mean, who's Dennis? Keep your voice down. Dennis Thatcher, Margot's elephant. Oh, Dennis the elephant? What about her? Wait, you just said Walter's told the police about her. No, I didn't. I, he's told him about the thing we found in the cottage. What thing in the cottage? The shrine. The squirrel shrine. I think you need to start again. <sighs> yeah, okay. Walter and me, we were in the cottage in the woods earlier, at the gardener's cottage where Graham died. Okay. And we went upstairs and we found something in one of the bedrooms. Something really freaky. A shrine. A shrine? For want of a better word, yeah. So you don't know about the shrine? No. Why would I? Well, because of the... Because... What do you mean by shrine, anyway? Like a religious thing? I mean, kind of. There's like vases of dead flowers and framed pictures and a flipping squirrel and it's all centred around this cardboard cutout of Clayton. Clayton? Freaking squirrel, man. I haven't been that scared since Koshe. Because of a squirrel? It was dead, JJ. Maybe it climbed in and died of natural causes? It didn't have a head. Oh. And it was laid out in a bowl full of its own blood. Oh. And written in blood on the floorboards, I heart Clayton. Oh my god, that's sick. Why would anyone do that? It flipping stank and all. Wait, wait, wait. You said Walter was there, right? Do you think Walter's murder groupies did it? You really don't know. Why do you keep saying that? It's not just Clayton in the framed pictures. You're in them. The pictures are of Clayton and you. Together. What? What do you mean? Why would... I've only met him once. How could there be pictures of us? They're not proper photos, they're like collages. Someone's got a bunch of magazine cutouts of Clayton and stuck them on photos of you. Photos of me? Yeah, posed. Like you're together. Parker, why didn't you lead with this instead of the bloody squirrel? The squirrel was really freaky. Me and Clayton? Why would anyone do that? I, I don't understand. JJ, there's something else. You, you need to... said Walter went to the police. Well, good. Thank God. But, JJ... But, but why aren't they here yet? We should call JJ, them. JJ, no, 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 no. You can't call them. What do you mean? No. I might be in danger, Parker. Clayton's dead. What if I'm next? But the pictures, the altar. JJ, it looks like you did it. Did what? Killed Clayton? No. Yes, maybe. It's just someone's written on the photo collages. Things like me and Clayton on our first date. Clayton proposing to me. Me and my special cowboy on our wedding day. It looks like you made the shrine. Like you're obsessed with Clayton. But Parker, I didn't do this. I don't even like his music. I don't know anything about it. Yeah, I know. Your face when I told you. Oh, that's when you realised I was innocent, was it? Oh, thanks, Parker. No, no, I was just confused. <laughs> confused as to whether I'd gone completely round the bend or not. I just... I feel like I don't know what's going on with you at the moment, that's all. For weeks now, it's been like there's something you're not telling me. And you thought it was this? That I'm in love with a country and western star? No, no, I didn't. Not really, I didn't think it was that, I just... 
Doctor, what is going on? Come on, mate, you need to tell me. I'm freaking out here. Parker, no. And maybe I should have asked you this before, but why do you have dried blood all over your face? Oh, yeah, it's from a cut. Here, look. Oh, Jesus, how did that happen? You're not allowed to judge me, okay? Okay. Graham's widow, Mrs. Wayne's coat. Yeah? Look, I went to see her today, okay? What? But she called the police, so I ran off. And then I went back a few hours later because I couldn't just leave it. It was driving me crazy. I, I can't believe you went to see Graham's widow. She said she wanted to meet me, and then she didn't show up, and then she called the police on me. It just didn't make sense. Wait, she wanted to see you? Yeah, yeah. She sent me a letter, arranging a time and a place for us to meet. A letter? Wait, you mean the one I asked you about? The one that you said was from your mum? That was from Graham's wife? I knew it wasn't nothing. Can't believe it was from Graham's wife. That's who it said it was from. And there were things in that letter only she would have known about. But she didn't send it. She made that very clear right before she thumped me. Jesus. Parker, someone faked that letter. Someone who knew Graham, who really knew him. It must be the same person who put this shrine together. Why do you think that? The letter. It said she wanted to meet me inside the Four Spurs Mine Train ride on the night of the concert. At 9pm. Did she turn up? No. And that's why you visited her today. Wait, 9pm? That's like half an hour before Clay fell. Oh, mate, that can't be a coincidence. Yeah, I know. Someone put me at the scene of the crime, and if I look like I'm obsessed with Clayton, like I've invented an entire relationship with him, then... You look guilty. Yeah. No, 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 they can't do you for that. That's, that, that's just circumstantial. And I bet no one even saw you in the mine train that night. Did they? JJ? Did... Did anyone see you? Oh God, someone saw you. The security guard. There was one guarding the entrance when I left. He tried to get me to stop. <sighs> Did he recognise you? Did he see your face? I don't know. I had my hoodie up. And I got rid of everything later. I burned what I was wearing that night, so... You burned your clothes? That's what guilty people do, JJ. Why did you burn your clothes? I just had a feeling, okay? That things didn't add up. That I was going to get in trouble. I didn't want anyone to know that I'd been there. It seemed like a good idea. Oh, mate. Oh, shit, Walter knows. He saw me. He saw the hoodie in the fire. <sighs> Brilliant. Fantastic. This gets better and better. He's going to tell the police, JJ. And they won't think it was an accident anymore. They'll start investigating again. They'll think you did it. Shit! Do I hear something? Okay, okay, think, think. There's still time. We can get rid of the stuff at the cottage right now before anyone sees it. Parker. We'll take some bin bags, gather it all up. The photos, the squirrel. Oh, you can get the squirrel. No one will ever know except Walter, and he's cried wolf before, Parker. so. Parker! It... It's too late. It's the police. Open up. They're here. Mockery Manor is written by Lindsay Sharman and directed by Lindsay Sharman and Lawrence Owen. Music, sound design and editing by Lawrence Owen. 
Hayley Evanett was JJ and Betty, Lawrence Owen was Parker, Paul and additional voices, John Henry Fall was Fennec and Bobby, Kareem Cronfley was George, Christina Bianco was Kirstine, and Mark Restuccia was PC Steve. Mockery Manor is supported by Arts Council England National Lottery Project Grants, and our wonderful patrons on Ko-fi. If you'd like to become one of them, and help me and Lindsay keep making podcasts, tap the link in the show notes of this episode, or go to longcatmedia.com. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. You wake up startled in the middle of the night, convinced that there's something out there in the darkness. Your brain tells you that there's nothing to be afraid of, that the inhuman shape in the corner of your room is just your laundry piled on a chair. But as you hear the ghostly, ragged breathing that doesn't belong to you, you realize your brain is dead wrong. If you love the mix of horror, mystery, and comedy in shows like Buffy, Ash vs. the Evil Dead, or Supernatural, you'll feel right at home on The Crit Show, a Monster of the Week actual play podcast where the players, playing as themselves, are tasked with being the last line of defense from the forces of evil that go bump in the night. Join us every Wednesday and learn the games we play while the gang tries their best to solve the mysteries, hunt the monsters, and protect the innocent. Their intentions are good, their dice rolls, not so much. You can find The Crit Show at thecritshowpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.